Does it give you does it give you tops paper wrappers as an add-on for Prime? It should. <laughs> we'll get those zigzags to you and that tap dat ash ashtray in twenty-four <laughs> hours. Please. Sixteen, two thousand fourteen. This is episode ninety-two of Yats. Every week, Wednesday evening, right here, live. Yet another show.com Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, Aunt Pruitt in the hangout. What's up, Aunt? What's going on, Mister Lee and gentlemen? Good, good. Larry Press also with us. What's up, Larry? Good to see you guys. Mike Rothman joining us. How you doing, Mike? Glad to be back for another week, you guys. Good deal. All sorts of fun tech stuff to talk about. Little. A little bit, and I'm surprised it's not more than this, but uh, our first, and I mean first reported, so who knows how many uh, are out there, but CNET has a story about the first Heartbleed attack reported, uh, happens to be in Canada, uh, and they hit, well, he, I don't know if it's just one person, they only arrested one person that they said was uh, believed to be you know, involved, took all his computers, all that stuff, obviously. Probably just like a scene out of uh, Hackers, right? Where he gets out of the shower and opens in there, like right there with their... <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the, is the first known uh, report of the attack using the Heartbleed flaw. Uh, authorities discovered earlier this week the Canada Revenue Agency, was uh, their site was hacked over a six-hour period. So one... Two, three, each heartbeat, assuming they wrote a script that was doing it one per beat per second, right? Six hours worth. Uh, They say he got around 900 social insurance numbers and possibly other information uh, from the good Canadian taxpayers. So uh, they say they worked around the clock to implement a patch. Maybe just not in time, I guess. Not in time is what it sounds like. I mean, is that a big target? Like the IRS, the I mean, there's a ton of governmental agency sites that you could go after, I'm sure. Maybe they just thought, huh, it's Canada. It's tis the season, right? It's tax time. Okay, you hit them where it hurts. It, the, the, uh, these governmental sites are not necessarily the most sophisticated sites ever created right they collect lots and lots of data about lots and lots of things you know, when you stop and think about it it's sort of a it's sort of a uh, a sitting target there waiting for hackers to to exploit uh, the next bug kind of worrisome there canadians and <laughs> those of us elsewhere in the world yeah no doubt uh, they say it's believed that Sole Reyes was able to extract private information held by CRA by exploiting uh, the Heartbleed. That's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Like, root? Mount- I know there's a tech joke in there, 
because you mount hard drives. I understand that. <laughs> All right. Uh, yaka, yaka, yaka. Right. Rim shot. <laughs> so is that, like, as a hacker, though, or not even, I shouldn't use hacker as a negative, like, as somebody using these exploits to attack, wouldn't you be worried because there's so many, like, how do you know that's even real? How do you know it's not a honeypot just set up to, like, and now there's a knock on your door? And not saying that's how this guy was caught, but, like, I would be really, if I was getting into something like, hmm, I wonder if this is patched. Oh, look, I can, it's not. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I would be really weary of messing with any governments, especially, like, this at, at this time, with this political atmosphere, if you will. Yeah, that's a good point. What, do they have any idea what this kid was up to? Was he just fooling around? Or? No, he just took some, what did I say, about 900 social insurance numbers and possibly other information. Well, he took a ton of data, but how did, he must have sorted through it to find the social security or whatever they call them numbers. It is. I am kind of curious, like, when they, because this, this is saying, like, they just found him on Wednesday in London, Ontario. Like, they... I, I wonder how long he had with the data, right? And how how widely disseminated what he got went before he got his stuff seized. You know, like how is it all over the boards online? Is it are there people now that have a list of these these numbers? I, I'd be interested to see. Yeah, maybe they caught him because he they you know did mine the data, got the nine hundred numbers, and then tried to sell them or give them away or do something with them. Maybe that's how they caught him. Yeah, and it doesn't say, like, anything about how they realized it. Because last we uh, understood is that you can't really tell that this is happening. Maybe if you wrote a patch to specifically look for that, it would alert you when one of those uh, heartbeat pings was sent. I'm sure that's how. I mean, I, I don't see how else you would do that. He was getting... I don't know how. If he was getting, what was it? Is it 64K every shot, right? Right. So he, that's yeah, correct. Bob loaded data. Which I mean, I guess it is good. It is good timing, right? Because you want the server to be doing something. You want it to be, you want RAM to be fully loaded with stuff that it's doing. Because then, when you hit it, you're gonna get stuff. So during tax time, I guess is there is the Canadian tax time the same as ours? And if it is, I'd be curious to see if that's why they attacked it right then. Is because of all the transactions happening? This is like prime season for it. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just a kid fooling around. It could also be that. You're probably right. He was 19, but you never know. And it doesn't say in the article. For the lols. For I just did this yeah, for the exactly. lols, guys. You can have your information back. <laughs> I actually didn't take it. I just made a copy yeah. of it. And then I took the copy. So technically, I didn't steal anything. Your data is still there, still being exploited. It's still there. <laughs> Call that lawyer ball, folks. Right, right. Uh, also, we saw that Google was offering Glass up for one day to anybody who wanted to pay the fifteen hundred dollars to be an explorer. And probably I you three have all put in your fifteen hundred dollar orders for your Google Glass by now. Yeah, no, we're we're a little smarter than that, and we're not we're not using it to make something right, like. This is not a public version of the device. This is if you're a developer and you want to make an app and make some money using it, sure, invest 1500 But, yeah, I, I, would, I don't want it right now at all. 
Is is the yeah. fact that they opened it up a sign that, that developers aren't doing much and they're kind of they figure they need more developers? I mean, why did they do that's a, I think that's a good assumption. Um but the thing is they sold out of those things pretty damn quickly though. So I was thinking somebody, that they somebody wants them. I was thinking that they had the initial developer group create enough buzz that they're like, if we offer a one-day thing, every other person that wanted to be in it but couldn't at the time or didn't want to at the time, but now they've heard all of this cool stuff about it, now they want it, so they pop it for one day right around tax time again, and uh, they sold out. I, I think that's pretty good planning. I, I, I don't know. I think they just did it for the money. For the lulls, they did it for the lulls, yo. I have a colleague that got one, but he's he says it's just kind of going to end up being a doorstop. Is he frustrated as all hell with it? Uh, No, I just can't figure out anything useful to do with it. Right. You know. So, Larry, how long has he had it? Um, I'm not sure. I was talking to him yesterday, but I didn't ask him how. But he's already tired of it. I mean, he uses it to take pictures of his baby and stuff like that. Um, That's the thing. The what, is it, what are the use cases? It's niche, right? I mean, if you have your hands full and need to be capturing moments, that's ideal. Anything aside from that, I don't. Hiking, I guess. You know, anything you could attach a GoPro to, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't want my fifteen hundred dollar GoPro on the front of my car when it gets hit with, you know, something like that. You, it. I don't know. It's a. It's for babies, right? It's for people that just have babies. It's funny you say that, Matt, because um, watching Leo Laporte talk about it, and he says he, when he was at I.O. last year, was it last year or year before? But they gave him his little magic number or whatever, and his number got picked, and he got the package and whatnot, but he immediately gave it to Jason Howell. Why? Because Jason Howell had just had a, a newborn baby, and Leo knew he didn't have any use for it. And Gina, right? Like, the only time... I mean, I, I don't listen to every episode, but the ones I've listened to lately, it seems like every time she takes glass out, it's just for a short moment because they're playing yeah, with the baby. Penny, right. And it has... Yeah, with the child, right? And that's... <laughs> I, I have no use for it until they roll it out with some, some Ingress uh, uh, right? interface. Yeah. Hopefully... I want to I be able to walk into a room and you know a room of people and have it identify the people for me n- names and how i happen to know them and yeah. uh, you know you know remind me of uh, that guy's wife's name is such and such and th- this other person has kids who are friends with my kids that now that would be cool well and mike honestly yeah. I, I mean the information's there if you're in gmail and you get a message from Ant, it'll show his last update or whatever. Yeah, and and the yeah. phone does that too. So it's really just a matter of getting past that creepy factor with the public at large that doesn't want Glass to recognize their face and be like, oh, yeah, this is who that is and this is what they recently posted. Because people are, yeah. are weirdly creeped out by that. Here in uh, the Bay Area, San Francisco, there have been two recent cases of... Uh, glass wearers being sort of mugged and having their glass devices kind of torn off their faces. And in one case, it was just stolen. In the other case, it was kind of thrown down on the floor and 
uh, of course, broke in that in that. I like how you took a moment and you didn't say glass holes. You said yeah, yeah, glass yeah. wearers. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's, that's very what tact- we're talking, man. Very tactful. That man is perfect. You know, Mike, on, the, on the scenario that you just stated, there's facial recognition, but there's two levels of creepiness. One is recognize the faces only of people that are sort of in your address book or that you have some connection. (laughs) The other is recognize the face of anybody walking down the street. Well, and that's really easy to do, right? Because everybody's Google plus or everybody's contact has a picture of them. So all it has to do is quickly look and it's, it's right there to, to tap into the NSA. Google plus accounts. Two or three. But you know, Facebook, Google plus, what you could imagine being able to do complete strangers that way. Well, right. All you have to do is tap into the NSA face database and, you know, there you go. It's all right yeah. there. We're all that, in there. That sounds to me more socially creepy than but like, uh, recognizing people that you've had some interaction with. Yeah, maybe a little. But going back to what Ant said, maybe let's hope that – how many did they have to sell? They're not saying numbers, right? They're just saying that they sold out. Six. Yeah, the last I saw Six. was one particular one particular color was like sold really quick, and then the rest were sort of finally dwindled away. Um, but they didn't give any hard numbers, not from what I could find. Okay, well, let's at least hope that one of those people that got in will do something innovative by the time the public version is ready, and we will all want to pay like two ninety nine for them. Three, right? Two yeah. nine, yeah, right. I'm with you on there. I would, I would maybe do that. I would, you know, as, I as would, I said from day one, I'm still all about version 3.0. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I don't want one. I don't want two. Give me version 3.0 when this thing is all worked out and things fit the way they're supposed to fit. Um, you know, you have the uh, the 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 ones that's got your prescription glasses now, but those folks they can't close their glasses like they'd like, sure. like to and put them in a case or anything like that. So, no, I don't want simple, none of that stuff. Simple engineering problem, I'm sure. I would mm-hmm. definitely pay three for this before I would pay three or probably even two for a watch. Just because there's more yeah. possibility for what you could do with this than for what's on your wrist, I feel like. If you have... Yeah. Well, number one, you got a camera on there for that price, and number two, you have a microphone that actually hears you. Right, you know, right. I'm not. I'm still not so sure about the watch, microphone, and the earpiece, and so forth. I, I'm not quite there yet. But You're just not used we'll to see. it. And you have to get used <laughs> to talking like this. Over. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Um, apparently, uh, not everyone was that thrilled about it. Uh, there was obviously the rest of the world. I I don't know if you guys are aware. I just learned this today. But apparently, like, there's more than just Merca out there. So I know, right? It's no, it news to no, me. But uh, yeah, like everyone else outside of the U.S. is like so. No love for us. So. And I mean, it's kind of like that with some a lot of services, and they're getting Google's getting a lot better at getting like things like play music and all access stuff like that into a bunch of other countries. But I mean, they're a U.S. company, right? So you got to kind of start here, right? I mean, you can't fault them. Like we would be pissed if they're like Google, 
in San Francisco is like, oh, yeah, here's glass, but only for China or something like that, you know? And Google's like, well, they're the ones that made it, so don't get mad at us. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like no matter what they would have done, somebody would have been like, oh, rabble, we're pissed. Done with you. So... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's sort of it's sort of a no lose a no win proposition. You got to start somewhere. Exactly. Google services are most robust in the U.S., so you go for it. That's right. And uh, in in other Google pissing off <laughs> uh, people news, <laughs> their their TOS update. And I know that this happened before it happened before I saw this because I saw a snarky post from uh, my brother. Who's, he's like, he loves his iPhone, right? Loves his MacBook, all of that. And I'm kind of like the PC Android. So I see this post and it's like, Google's reading all of your stuff. Why, is, why aren't people more pissed off about this than they are? This is a big issue. And I was like, it's not. Oh, like every provider does this. It's not people reading it. It's scanning to give you things like spam protection and ads well, Google's and Google's being honest. And I told him, I was like, the only way you could do that without anybody scanning your stuff is to build your own mail server, throw it online, and use that. Yeah, and, which nobody's going to do. And again, you have to remind them that you're using these free services unless you know you have drive space or, or music all access. But things like mail, like it's a free service. You're not paying for it. You're not an apps user. So what do you expect? You're kind of the product at that point. I mean, we've learned this time and time again. You know, when I saw that, that, that um, terms of service update and I didn't even bat an eye at it. Didn't even, I don't finish. even care like, anymore. Okay, appreciate it. Thanks. You're just going to watch me a little closer to start putting some extra ads in that right-hand side of my Gmail that I just may be interested in. That uh, honestly, I never see those things anyway. I just now noticing the pictures of of you when you send an email to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or recent posts. I'm just now noticing that stuff. I I'm, don't care. I'm kind of in the camp that's like they're big enough that I have faith in the the mass usership of these services that if they do something super shady that I'm really going to maybe think twice about using their service for doing, they're going to piss off so many people that it's not going to make sense for them to do that. If they can keep, you know, using this information and providing us with quite useful tools, then what? who cares? It's free. Use your own if you don't. And this happens all the time. Every time there's a change in the Microsoft Google thing and like, you always see this. They're like, oh, my God, they're changing something. It must be to F us. And it's like, well, right. maybe not necessarily. I mean, yeah, they're all Fing us. It's just like, how useful is their service? Well, even with the, with them scanning stuff, there's Google Now. And how I look at that thing every single day and get something about it, get something out of it that's useful for me that I probably forgot about. You know, there's always something about my calendar. There. There's always something yep. about a, a TV show that's going to be coming on tonight, so I know to go grab the toy. Well, and that's the line they or, have to walk, you know? right? They have to walk that line between being too creepy and really exploiting all of this information, but yet they they need to give us useful stuff. The second that the thing they give us is not as good as the amount of information they've taken from us, then people will get pissed, and that'll be the end of it. 
And even the, 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 the birthdays, the people that follow our show and follow all of us <laughs> yeah. individually and social, it's, I think that's pretty cool to be able to tell, to tell folks, happy birthday. Hashtag um, Google now told me. Yeah, it is yeah, cool. Google now told me. You know, I, I, I can dig it. You know, Google keep, keep staying in my business. Um, just go ahead and, and figure out a way to get me some more money, too. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't hold your breath on that one, Ant. <laughs> hey, Ant, I really like your example. Of, it reminds you when a TV show has come on so you can grab a torrent. So I can go download the torrent an hour later? <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Said that aloud. <laughs> I always we, laugh we, when I... knew what you meant. I always laugh when I see the posts of people that are like, oh, do I watch this or do I watch that? So many choices. <laughs> it's like, I have to pick one? I'm going to start them all downloading and like give the most bandwidth to the one I want to watch the most, and then the rest will be done by the time I'm finished watching it. It's totally cool. Uh, the article, they say the backlash this week, talking about Google, however, seemed to take two basic flavors. Are you ready? One? Paranoia that some deep change had taken place that the search giant was looking to sneak past us. And the second being that this was a sign of how our rights are constantly being eroded and that this constant policy creep will soon have us handing over our deepest, darkest digital secrets. (laughs) Hey, dude. Don't use Gmail ever again. If it's secret, go to, go, go to Yahoo. There you go. Go to Yahoo Mail. You'll love it. It's much nicer to. I can't. I. It's not. You're gonna no. hate it. <laughs> it's horrendous. But they're probably not scanning anything because it's not very useful, right? Or they are. They're just not giving you anything yet. No protection whatsoever. But they will soon. They will soon. And, I mean, this kind of goes to this article on Mashable about Amazon and their lovely recommendation engine. If go on Amazon right now and search for, like, uh, like a, a scale, let's say. Let's say you have letters to mail and you need to know how much they weigh. Let's say they're little letters so you get the gram scale, right? It may recommend yep. to you um, a whole bunch of other stuff, which was kind of interesting. Such as? Such as, uh, let's say, a pipe screen, a rolling paper and tray bundle, baggies, more baggies, skull baggies, pot leaf baggies. Pretty much any kind of baggy you could think of. Does it give you does it give you tops paper wrappers as an add-on for prime? It should. <laughs> we'll get those zigzags to you and that tap dat ash ashtray in twenty four hours. Oh yeah. Uh, dude. But it's only if you think about it, it's like Netflix, right? If you watch a bunch of stuff and everybody watches a bunch of stuff and it knows you're friends with all these people and like it's just an algorithm. It's gonna it's gonna give you these recommendations, and just like with Amazon, a bunch of people all buy the same stuff, and it's like, oh, you I noticed you search for a scale. These other thousand fifteen hundred people also search for a scale. Here's the things they bought. <laughs> Would you like any <laughs> of these? 
And nine times out of ten, you'd be like, you know what? I'm out of baggies. I'll I'll take those. <laughs> Honey, do you want the pot leaf or the skull baggies? <laughs> I just oh, think it's man, Amazon, good on you. <laughs> it, let me ask you guys so have you ever bought anything that came through an ad in one of these uh, data mining ads? I don't think I ever have. I have not, but I have bought stuff from Amazon that says, well, since you were looking at this, yeah. other folks looked at this and got that. I have I have bitten on that quite a few times. Yeah, I, I've, followed I've, I've done that. I've done that. But I, I don't think those those contextual ads, I don't think I've ever bought from as a result Negative. of them. Was it, Ant, was it something you knew existed or was it like, whoa, that's cool, I'm going to buy it? It was more like, um, you know what, I didn't even think about that, and it All might right. be useful, or, you know what, hey, I'm probably going to need that down the road, too, so let me go ahead and get it, and it's a good price. Or the other one you know. that I've seen that's paid off for me, here's the one you're looking at, if you consider this brand. Ah, yeah, right. Model. Yeah, I've seen those, too. Or the accessories, right? You got this. This also is going to be helpful with it. Instead of getting the thing, using it, and be like, man, you know, I wish it had this. There's like a hundred other people that already did that, bought it, and now it's like, here, you should have it. Yeah, and sometimes they'll give you a break on that. I think on Amazon, if you get the yep. three things for less than the price of each three of three of them individually. Well, let's look at a couple of these. It makes sense if you're ordering an airtight, odorless medical jar, herb stash, medicine container. You might also want a drug testing kit. I mean, who knows? If you're hiding, <laughs> you know, if you're super concerned about people smelling your medical herb stash, then maybe you're concerned about them looking at the pee-pee. Who knows? Don't you guys love how algorithms make our world go around? It is. So it's it's so like raw. It's the raw <laughs> essence of humanity. There's no lies here. This is what people bought, and this is the other crap people bought. Like, you can't. It's not a survey that's like, oh, no, I've never bought this. Never. I'm a good human being. <laughs> like, this is it. This is your laundry, man. It's out there. And that's hey, awesome. I, I think on this podcast, you've given an improbable cause for a woman. That's fine. <laughs> for what <laughs> I have my cards so. they're listening to me too I have no, my nothing. card that's I totally fine they can, <laughs> they can come over I'll give them a tour give them a, a tour of the compound <laughs> so that's pretty cool and I mean the more people use this stuff the more information it has right the better recommendations or not I guess uh, it'll It'll give you. What the concern is? Evil thing like Time Warner or something or Comcast in a few years. Pretty much, right? They're the, they're saying the concern is though. How long? What's the stretch to say that uh, if a police department or the NSA or or the uh, the DEA or something sees that uh, you purchased one of these scales and then pull Amazon for all of your information and everybody else's that it, you know, like how, where's the line there? The EFF isn't very happy with Amazon's terms of service. So who knows? They say the service is not making clear to their users what standards and rules law enforcement must follow 
when they seek access to sensitive user data. And I'm sure you could say the same for many companies like this. So, swear. Yep. Uh, did you guys see this uh, article on TechRadar? Kind of interesting. Microsoft's new keyboard. It's like a no. giant keyboard with a large touchpad on it. Saying that they are looking beyond the PC because we're Microsoft. We're going to look beyond the PC and you can use this uh, on your PC, but you can also control your TV with it. And uh, yeah, there you go. There's been there have been some some slight iterations of this over the past five, six years from Logitech. The ball? Yeah, the it's... one with the ball in it? The like the well, trackball? Well, no. no, they had a trackpad off to the side like that. Um, oh yeah, heck, yeah. even my review. Even my review, um, the Google TV review, it has a, a full size keyboard with a little trackpad mouse on the side like that for you to control the the television set. Now again if What's the difference between that versus hooking it up to an all-in-one computer? You know, that just takes a little USB dongle, just like any other mouse and keyboard. You know, I, I think it's, I think it's um, not necessarily innovative, but just a way for them to sort of get prepared to further detach people and get people on bigger screens. It's cool. I think. Uh, somebody walked into the graphic design department and like looked at their desk and saw a keyboard and saw a Wacom tablet there and was like, yeah. Um, yeah. that's a good idea. I'm going to write that down. And here it is. Yeah. It's kind of what it looks like. It does. You know, but think about, think about you out traveling around with your, with your tablet and, and, and a song comes to your head and you're like, man, I really need to get this song down. And you go to, to pull it up on your tablet and you could probably type a lot faster with something like this, just stick it, stick it in your backpack and Bluetooth connected up to your tablet. And you know? uh, I don't know about you, but I live in the future where I talk to my tablet. Yeah, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Welcome to 2014. <laughs> well, damn. Mike, did you see any of this uh, kind of stuff at Build? Like looking to take advantage of this type of interface device for what they were creating for like the home or anything? You know, they were they were showing off um, a, a good deal of hardware and software. I didn't see I didn't see this keyboard. Uh, and this show was not so much about uh, the the living room. It was about uh, tools to help and to excite developers. Sure. What I'd say about this keyboard is kind of what Ann said. I mean, I have a in my in my living room right now. I have a um, a keyboard that controls a computer that's connected to my television, and that keyboard is a product that's about four years old. You know these these things have been around, and uh, excuse me if I yawn a little at Microsoft's <laughs> big deal product deal here. <laughs> it, it just it doesn't strike me as uh, as ground setting. You know what Microsoft right. keyboard was though? Boom! <laughs> Best keyboard and Matt. Ever Man, I, I want one of those. If you have another one, can I have it? Man, this is the only one I could find, but if oh, I come man. across one, I will buy it. You know, I would venture to say for the, 
for the cost of this keyboard, you could buy a uh, a good uh, Roku, Roku streamer. And mm -hmm. which, which are you going to get more use out of, the Roku streamer or some goofy keyboard? Although if you <laughs> if you already have a Roku, you can use this goofy keyboard with it and an Apple TV, I guess. So that's okay. But you can do that with any of them, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Anything is pretty much Bluetooth or has some type of dongle on it. It's RF, yeah. RF dongle. Says it. No, they're usually USB. This one connects via radio frequency signals set to an included USB dongle. You can plug into the TV or box. And it says the RF dongle works with most devices that have USB HID compliant ports. So, yeah. But like you said, all of them. I've we had all RF ones way back when. I would yeah. never get Meh. this one because I like the old school keys like what you have on yours. Those chiclet keys just don't really do it for me if I'm going to yeah. be using it all the time, you know. I mean, heck, even when I built this computer, it's only a couple of years old, but I battled to try to find a decent keyboard <laughs> that had real deal keys on it, you know. I let yep. the hipsters keep those chiclet keys. And you know what? This this Ergo was the only one that I could find that like popped up the nice way. Instead of having the things in the back to make it this way, it had them in the front mm -hmm. that would raise it up. Oh, so, it was like playing the piano. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Nice. Uh, let's see. Android camera update. Did you see this? There is now a Google camera. Um... I'll tell you, I haven't had the best of luck with it. Um, so, Ant had better luck than I did, but still not I did. not the best luck. <laughs> I saw this thing popping in my social feeds all day long, and finally at about seven o'clock today, seven o'clock p.m., I I said, all right, let me go ahead and try it out, and just popped into play, grabbed it, installed it, and the first thing that comes to my mind is the UI. Everything is sort of, of that the way all of the other Google apps are starting to look now with that gesture control. You swipe from one side to get this menu, and it's the same sort of flat, soft layout kind of thing. Um, I was curious about my particular camera because, you know, this is only good for low light, essentially, just to see how it would how it would perform. It was still about the same, but the user experience on it is, is quite nice. I give them that. And being able to do photospheres on a non-Google edition phone, I give them a little credit for that, being able to pull that off. Unlike some folks, Mr. Matt Lee. It's not even <laughs> me. I'll tell you what. It's it's either the app or the phone. But it's like when you try and do a photosphere, check this out. Can you see this? It hilarious. says, put the dot there. in the middle of the screen, except the dot is doing this. <laughs> and, like, no matter which <laughs> way you move it, and I've rebooted the phone. Yes, I've tried turning it off and on again. Um, you can't keep the dot inside the circle. It's it's impossible. So, Well, next you Everything have to get else, rid of that app and reinstall it. Yeah. I'm just going to uninstall it and not reinstall it. But everything else looks great. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is amazing. 
I now have like I mean, four I, cameras on my phone. Thank you, Google and everything. I'm currently company. using a better camera by Amelance, which is a, a developer that um did HDR camera that I used to play with for the last couple of years. Um I've been pretty happy with that. I, I don't know if this will pull me away from that because of all of the extra capabilities built into a better camera as far as um, changing some of the settings and whatnot, but we'll see. I mean, again, it just I did like the experience and the look of it because it just looked like all of my other Google stuff. You know, it, it looked like a Google edition product. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I was actually going to try. I have my work tablet here. It's a It's a new Tab 3. Uh, I was going to try and install it on here, but sorry, your device is not compatible with this. So, so much for that. Oh, it said Samsung. Oh, are you running Samsung? <laughs> there's a little oh, beef there. I'm sorry. You know? Your device isn't compatible <laughs> with this at all anymore. <laughs> just might be some beef there. You this know? thing is probably on Tizen that just looks like Android. Nobody knows. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. But check it out. Maybe you'll have better luck if you have the same glitch that I do with the Photosphere. Like, hop on the Google Plus uh, community, community, I almost said, uh, and tell us. Because I'm kind of curious to see if it's just me. If Ant's right and it's just me, I'm never going to hear the end of it. So I need it. I'm pretty sure it's just you. I'm pretty sure it's everybody with a Moto X. (laughs) It's Heartbleed. It's damn Heartbleed. Uh, let's see, Larry. Larry. Larry, yeah. And actually, I was gonna ask because a friend of mine was in Missoula at a concert, uh, just a couple days ago, and our buddy wanted to know. He does like a espresso machine fixing, so he's like all over different coffee shops fixing their coffee machines. Uh, and he wanted to get a Chromebook. He wanted to know what was, and this is the best question ever. What is the best Chromebook to get? The Pixel. So. <laughs> you think? The Pixel is the best one to get. What I'll is the best sub-500 Chromebook to get? Well, you know, the one that I've been fooling with was, it has, it's really weird. It's got a manufacturer-suggested retail price of 250 bucks. But if you go to Amazon or something, they're selling for 350 bucks. It's like I've never heard of anything like that. Hmm. That's weird, isn't it? Like yeah, very. Amazon's yeah. got to get their cut, so they up the price accordingly. No, it, MSRP is always higher than everything else, and it kind of works down from there. So I don't know what the eventual settled-out price of this thing is, but it's it's really fast. It's got a um, it's got four gigs of memory, so it's got half the memory of my laptop, but it's way faster than my laptop. Uh, I can open up. 30 windows, 30 tabs, and uh, stream HD video, and it, it's, you know, you do a Chromecast. It's it's a really fast little thing, very efficient. Um, so why don't you tell them to get that one? That sounds Acer good. 720. There you go. Yeah. Done. Yeah. They have one called the 720p, I believe, which also has a touch screen. Touch screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As well as... Uh, have any of you guys ever used a laptop with a touchscreen? Period. Mike, do you have a like a Windows laptop? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I have. have a, um, I have a Surface. Yeah. Oh, okay. It has a touchscreen, yeah. and I really like it. Matt, you had one too, right? Or K Daw, didn't she? Have- 
Yeah, yeah, I got her. Uh, it's the Asus one, the little thin one. That it, it's very, it's very small. But it was Windows eight, so we're like, if you're gonna get a Windows eight, you better get a touchscreen because otherwise you're gonna want to keep touching it, right? Because it's tiles. So, uh, she loves it though, but it's kind of small. It's like a little laptop. Yeah. But like that's her main computer now. She does all her dog training stuff on it, and yeah, she got her set up in Drive, and you know the site's all WordPress run, and yeah, she does it all on that thing. Mm-hmm. I have a Chromebook waiting for me at the office. Um, I want to say thank you to my friend uh, Mike Claypool. That's on computersbymike.com here in North Carolina. Um, apparently, while I've been away from the office, he delivered a 710 Acer Chromebook to me with four gigs of RAM. So Man, I cool. plan on going to work tomorrow, so hopefully I'll go in and get it tomorrow and play around with it. But it's been there all week, and I haven't been in the office. Whoops. Uh, Mike, uh, check with me offline. I can tell you my my delivery address. <laughs> Hell, I can tell you mine right now. It's P.O. Box six five two. Send that shit. <laughs> No, the more the more I hear though, they like they sound like they're getting so much better and it every time I hear a good review about one of these nice new ones, I want one bad. I don't even know why. I I don't even know if I would use it cuz I I you could do hangouts on it, I guess, if it had a decent sound card to run into the mixer, but I just kind of want one. There you hit the weak spot. The hardware's kind of cheesy. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> The keyboard's cheek. If you somebody was saying they don't like typing on uh, chiclet, yeah, it's it's got the chiclet keys on it. I already know that's going to be a challenge. How long, have, how long have you been using it, Larry? About um, two weeks. Not yeah. not super, long, you know, day in and day out, but two weeks, I would say. You know, setting aside the hardware issues, you know, because obviously you can buy a more you can buy a you can buy better hardware as a Chromebook for more money. The trouble is, then it's going to end up costing as much as a laptop. And then you might as exactly. well just get a laptop and install Chrome on it. No, there, there's still one difference is the physical size. I mean, this is a little thing. I'd read, My bottom line is I'd rather have this Chromebook than a tablet. For what I do, it's more useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got a full keyboard. I gave my little 11-year-old grandson, uh, gave it to him for an hour, and I asked him which one he liked better and why. And I was really surprised. He prefers it to his iPad. Uh, he said if he could only have one, he'd take the Chromebook. That's... And I guess what I hear you saying is if you had to choose between a laptop and a a good Chromebook, you would still choose a laptop. Oh, yeah. Because there are a lot of apps that I run that still don't you know, run in a browser. Yeah. Five years from now, a lot of those apps that I now run installed are going to be running in browsers. Uh, if you look toward the future, but the the peripherals, the keyboard, the screen, all that stuff's going to cost. You know, it's going to keep the cost of a laptop and the cost of a Chromebook real close. Yes, I look forward you to the day. About that. I look mm-hmm. forward. I look forward to the day when all of our apps are in the cloud and the internet breaks and we all go on siesta. Like once a week, it's going to happen. You watch. That way, you're the guy that wants Google to have all your information. They already. I don't want them to. They already do. I just want them to give me useful stuff back now. Just just about it. Yeah. Yeah, No. I. I'm just not angry about it. You know, I was um, thinking about the folks that have that Chromebook uh, Pixel, 
Yeah. And you know how how did they work with that? Because every everybody talked about how magnificent the screen was on that thing, and it made me think about my own personal experience. Um, uh, when I got this new monitor, it's got a higher resolution than a, than the 1080p, and I know I went to work a couple times and just rubbing my eyes, thinking I need my glasses. I pull my glasses out, put them on. And you you get used to looking at a higher resolution screen, you know. It, 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 how do people <laughs> combat with that? Going from a Chromebook, knowing they need to be on a laptop because it's got all of their Microsoft Suite stuff on there. You know, I just wonder how many folks are complaining and having gripes about that kind of thing. You get spoiled okay. by that. I definitely got spoiled, bro. Definitely got spoiled. But then I want to say I saw earlier today Toshiba is releasing a 4K laptop. So they're on the horizon, you know. It's just a matter of getting the graphics card to go fast enough to run that much output in a laptop and not burn up. I was going to say without melting the case. melting your laptop? (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's another thing about that Chromebook. It'll it'll run for... Hour, you know, days. Well, I, I've never left it on continuously playing video or something, but it, it just runs forever on a battery on a battery charge, and it charges really fast. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No fan noise. It's really that plus a, a Chromecast is a real nice way to watch TV. It kind of makes me oh, want to get like an affiliate deal and then start my computer business up again and then just like sell everybody Chromebooks and then peace out because you don't need to even worry about them. That's right. Supporting would be a piece of cake. Yeah. Right? It would be the best business. I would. Yeah. That would be yeah. the best. <laughs> Factory reset, folks. Done. Right? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> like Google, you got this one going. or should That's I? Right. And all your settings and crap were in the cloud. It'd just be a real piece of cake. Yeah, as long as you have saying. internet, with yeah. that that slight caveat. Uh, what is, what's the system thirty? Because it's fifty years old now. Is that oh, Molet Larry? Thirty three sixty. I mean, I missed time. Did I say thirty? Yeah, I said thirty. <laughs> oh, wow, your old system thirty. The three sixty, Mike. You know what I'm talking. Oh Lord, yes. Yeah, the IBM mainframe that was the huge game changer back in the day. Ah, interesting. Still in yeah. use. They announced the. Um, well, they're they're you know I don't even pay attention to that stuff anymore. They went to three seventy. Mike, tough talk. The 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 Is that, that architecture run, still run three sixty program. Yeah, I'm. I would bet good money that you could still run. I've even forgotten the name of the operating system, but I would bet good money that you could still run those programs on hardware. That is, that IBM still supports the underlying operating system of uh, OS 360. But the hardware itself, of course, has been very changed. Uh, long since retired. We're talking about hardware that was current in about 1966 or 1968. 64. April They announced it in April and they shipped them, I believe, in October of 64. 64. Mm-hmm. That far back. Yeah. 
And uh, that was a big day in my life, man. I mean, a big time. <laughs> I, that was because uh, before I, so I, big? IBM had two product lines before. One was a, a fixed word length product line. The other was a variable word length product line. And one was for business and one was for science. And they really, they united them in this one 360. That's where, the, you know, it's one machine to serve everybody, 360 degrees. But it was a real uh, at the company thing. Um, OS 360 was a whole big complicated thing, unlike the kind of, you know, batch processing monitors that we've been using before. It was, I'm uh, looking at yeah, the, the IBM.com history. Uh, it says System 360 monthly rentals will range from $2,700 for a basic configuration to $115,000 for a typical large multi-system configuration. Comparable purchase prices range from $133,000 to $5.5 million. Yeah. <laughs> Holy In those cow. days, $5.5 million is quite a lot. Holy yeah, crap. The top, the, the top of the line of that thing that came out a couple of years later was called the Model 91. And I got to work on that. And that was, uh, you know, it, it had things like, you know, parallel execution in the CPU, you know, stuff that just, whoa, whoa it's right. Uh, <laughs> was something else, man. And you thought you were something. Oh, listen, I could, I could write a thousand lines of assembly language in a day. And, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> and you were smoking at the time. I was. I was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. I worked on a project with this guy Joe Snipe Sire, and he was highly experienced, really smart guy. And they just gave me to him as his uh, apprentice or something. And by the end of a couple of years, Joe and I, we really were turning out a thousand lines a day. We were a hot team. But, and uh, what's funny now is. My HTC One yeah, has no, more power. <laughs> way more. Oh, way more. Like we had the the system I was working on with Joe. It had uh, a fourteen oh or fourteen ten and a and a seventy ninety actually the predecessor of the three sixty sharing a thirteen oh one disk drive. They could both read it and both write it, and it was um, as I recall fifty megabytes, fifty million. Yeah. Maybe it was 50 million words, but still, uh, yeah. Don't even think about that, it. That's, by the way, that. Yeah, how about that? How about that 500 line of minute printer? The availability. You only have a 500 line of minute. The availability of that machine and that architecture, that product line from IBM, is what made possible the 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 large scale automation of things like credit card processing, you know, where you have a Visa or a MasterCard that's processing a hundred zillion transactions a day, or also the airline reservation systems where you had a, for the first time, a national data network that could pull all of these different flights and match you up with the flight you wanted and reserve your seat, uh, you know, months mm -hmm. in advance. It was only, but you couldn't have done that without machines of this size. Well, the the 7090 ran Saber, the the first implementation of yeah, yeah. Of, uh, but the 360, there was the model 67, which was designed to be a time sharing system. 
and that one was the guy that really put all this kind of real-time stuff. Not on the map, because like the Army, had, you know, the Air Force had done it with air defense systems a little bit, Saber, but it, it made it something that everybody, that uh, anybody with a lot of money could do. You know yeah. what I've, I find interesting about this? This might be the, our first kind of major case of planned obsolescence. It says uh, <clears throat> at the bottom of the wiki under the remaining machines, it says few of these remain despite being sold or leased in very large numbers for a mainframe system of its era. Only a few System 360 computers still exist, and none of them still run. This is most machines were scrapped when they could no longer profitably be leased, partly for the gold and other precious metal content of their circuits, but mainly to keep them machines from competing with IBM's newer computers like the 370. Oh. What's that, Apple? I mean, oh, IBM. 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 <laughs> I mean, IBM. They should sue Apple. <laughs> <laughs> And Xbox for stealing the 360 name. I'm just saying. Man. That's really interesting, though. That's I never heard of this before. Um, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. You can check out the pictures and stuff. That's, that's pretty cool, man. That was, it was a huge event at the time. Jeez. Yeah, I wasn't born until, for like 20 years after that. <laughs> but that's awesome. I wish I could go back in time and see this kind of stuff. You know? Right? I, I think they said they're at a museum. I forget. There must be some. I'm sure there's. Um, yeah, and it also had a uh, like it, it could run. Oh, the Smithsonian has one. It could run uh, 1401 and 1410 programs. I wonder if anybody's and, running an emulation mode on 1401. <laughs> <laughs> there's one at the Computer Fort History Museum. Had a 650 emulator too. Uh, yeah, I guess you could be running an emulator of an emulator and be running 650 programs. That's the oh world. There's one at the Computer History Museum in Mountain View, a non-working one, and I guess they had a working one at, uh, what's that one called, the Smithsonian, but it's not on display anymore. Huh. So. I wonder how they powered those things. Oh, they were on floating floors with giant cables running between the units and incredible amounts yeah. of power. The machine I did my dissertation on was, was a, a special purpose. IBM only made two of them for the Air Force. And uh, they used to say, and I don't know if this is true or not, that it consumed one-twentieth of the power in the city of Santa Monica. Jeez. Yeah, you, you, you turn your you powered these things on, and the power grid flickered. Yeah, this, yeah. The machine I did my dissertation on filled the entire bottom floor of a very large building. The machine was—you didn't look at the computer in the room; you walked into the computer, which is in racks and crap yeah. around the room. Yeah, those were the good. And see, this—the old textile mill I used to work in about 15 years ago or so. It had an old computer like that in there where it, the, the computer was the room. Um, yeah. uh, it wasn't this, this Marvel 360, anything like that, but it was a, a pretty impressive machine to see how it ran all of the different silos and, and, and other machines in, in that plant. You know, it wasn't anything graphical about it at all. Nothing. You know, it was more it was of a, a mechanical. Panel. What's that? It was more like of a mechanical machine yeah yeah machine I mean, and just commands 
Um, yeah, I, I did my dissertation actually on graphic displays, but instead of a mouse, you had a light pen, and all I could do is draw straight lines and put capital letters on the screen. That was it. Uh, it was not exactly. Uh, it wasn't a bitmap display. That's the truth. <laughs> wow. Very yeah. nice. It's come a long way, you guys. It's totally. It really has. Well, wrap things up, uh, Larry, and tell us about these old newsreels while we're speaking of oh, the that's, history. That's cool. I, I just stumbled onto that site. Uh, the uh, uh, British Athe, P-A-T-H-E, newsreels, they're all online. Uh, I got a link to them there. And they go they go clear back to the turn of the century. That I kind of really flashed on one, which is their coverage of the Wright Brothers' uh, first flight at Kitty Hawk. I mean, it's just, um, it's a treasure trove of just kind of stuff to look through. I, I barely looked at it, but it's it's all there, they say. Thousands of old newsreels. That's that's a kick and a half. Yeah, check it out. See what you find there. The, the coolest thing, like I said, about, that they show all this World War One crap. I mean, it's really, uh, this is early newsreels. Yeah, I didn't see that. And we used to have tons of newsreels. I don't know. Remember, Mike, when you go to the movies, they have a newsreel? Oh, absolutely. I wonder if those things are online someplace. They, you know, that uh, they sure should be. That's cool because that somebody like went through there and digitized all of that, you know, at some point. And that's that's pretty cool. Archiving, right? Archiving. That's that's awesome. This this is the same. Thanks, Larry, because now I have yet another time sync with me and my wonderful Google <laughs> TV. No, you got to play threes. <laughs> we're all we're all playing threes. You go look at your on Android, you should download threes and play with us on Google Plus and try. Oh, and... I forgot about threes. Threes. Oh, I'll do that right now. Also seven by seven, but mostly threes because it's awesome. All right, uh, I think that's gonna do it. Fantastic as always. Yet another show.com. Catch us on Stitcher. Uh, you can email the crew at yetanothertechshow.com. But mostly just hang out on the social medias because we're on all of the ones you are. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review. We appreciate that. And make sure to catch Point and Shoot on Thursday, Tag of the Androids on Tuesday, and, of course, yeah, it's next Wednesday. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great night. Good night, Another Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.